And a one. And a two. And a... Skiddly diddly do. Where's your clap? Clap. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Ashley. I'm Lauren. And this is... Whispers in the Basement. Woo! It has been a day and a half, truly. I feel like we're always complaining, but like it seems like... God does not want us to have a podcast at this I, but point. But we are not giving up. We're no. not doing it. I cannot tell you the amount of hours I spent in Reddit forums and Audacity forums and voice meter forums and YouTube videos yesterday where I was just trying to like educate myself on what the heck and Bob was going on with our shit and I got nowhere. I love how you censored yourself with heck and Bob. And then but not shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're going to sound echoey. I'm very sorry. But we, we are going to. this might be the best sounding podcast that we've put out. And yeah. we realized that we invested a lot of money into nothing. For, yeah. <laughs> I'm hope Maybe that is the. Maybe that is what happens. Um, I have the headset on though. And I, we sound like okay. Okay. We sound okay. That, well, that's good. Um, maybe I won't sound far away this time. <laughs> you're right i'm sure we'll get something about it. your echo is a lot well you know listen linda ashley's just trying to do her best out here and i am the uh helpless homeless <laughs> homeless <laughs> i am the most helpful or unhelpful person because i just am not computer fancy yeah it's okay it's okay. We're going to figure this out because we're going to fucking rock this. Podcasting from scratch. Scratch. <laughs> <laughs> and when you said that, it made me think of um, the way the kids talk to me. The boys, they're always like, girly pop, slay. <laughs> Especially Memphis. And then I'm like, stop. I know. Memphis thinks he's funny, though. Memphis is funny. is funny, though. Yeah. <laughs> but he delivers it in such like a, with a solemn face where you're like. It's dry. And then you're yeah. like, but are you like. Are you being mean or yeah. are you being nice? I and mean, then no. You just have to laugh it off like, <laughs> I walked in and like Gage obviously said hi to me. And then I was logging onto my computer or whatever. And all of a sudden like Memphis like pops his head around the corner and just stares at me. And I'm like, what? Yo. <laughs> Yo ho. Yeah. And a bottle of rum. Um, I, so I have a really, it's totally off topic, but it's about Memphis. I have the, it's, it's a cute, funny story. Uh-huh. Do you know what gorilla tag is? No. Okay. So you know what an Oculus is? It's the virtual yeah. reality. Thing. Okay. So he has an Oculus and he was play he loves playing gorilla tag. Mm-hmm. It, it can count how many calories you've burned. Oh, okay. So they always have like a, I'm going to burn this. And it's like a competition, right? So the other night I was getting ready for bed and he's playing gorilla tag and I could hear him say, bro, bro, it's okay. It's okay. Take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out, deep breath in, deep breath out. And I'm like, what the fuck is this kid doing? So I go down the hallway and I open the door and I'm like, yep, what's, what are you doing? And he's like, there's some kid on here. He's crying and he's upset. I'm just trying to get him to calm down. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, he hit his fingers and his mom's not home. But you could hear this kid wailing in oh the my background gosh. and memphis is just like it's gonna be okay man it's gonna be okay and i'm like oh it's really sweet 
He's going to be the friend that, like, whenever, like, kids are drunk in high school and they're crying, he's going to be consoling them. Yeah, the one that's, like, had taken their first hit off of a joint and they're curled up underneath a tree and they're like, I'm dying, I'm dying. Yes. Like, nah, man, nah, bro, you good. It's okay, you good. it's okay. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely Memphis. That's so. on, like, healthy uh, emotion. Yeah. Breathe training. in, yeah. breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. <laughs> huh. Yeah, it was really, it was kind of cute. That so. is cute. Yeah. Um, updates. Updates. I wanted... We've got stickers. Oh, yeah. We have a lot of stickers. I don't know how we're... If anybody wants them, how we're going to, like, post them. I think we were planning on just kind of littering with these, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah. But they're super cool. So we'll post pictures of them so you can see what they look like. That way, like, if you want one, you know, eventually, uh, you can let us know. Um, And I meant to give a shout out on the last episode for our table... Oh, yeah, our table that has our logo engraved, etched. Etched. It is etched. It's We've talked about it. It's live edge. Mm-hmm. I said raw. It's live edge. And it's got our um, logo, and then it says, like, whispers in the basement. And my husband for Christmas uh, took a bunch of gold paint and did the logo and the wording and then covered it in glitter. And it's... It's cool. Like, it's legit. It's popping. Slay. <laughs> I know you all hate us at this point. Um, so I do not remember. It's a guy that he works with, and I apologize. I do not remember the name of his business, but I will get it, and we will give a shout-out to that, too. Um, I think that was all I had. Did you have anything you wanted to talk about, mention, bring up, bitch, anything? No, I don't think so. Okay, cool. Well, I'm super stoked to uh, talk about my potty, my episode, potty. my potty podcast, my episode <laughs> my today. Um, mainly because, like, again, old buildings. Right. I, I feel like we're very intimate right now. <laughs> we are. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm, we've never been this close. It's a little sweaty. Yours is too, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so, anyways, old buildings and anything that's like. Uh, health related, like old health. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so today I'm gonna cover uh the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Mama, you're gonna say the Waverly Place because d- you were probably too old. For Are you that. talking about Wizards, Wizards of, of Waverly, Waverly Place? Yeah. I never watched it, but I know what you're fucking talking about. And yes, I'm too old. <laughs> I grew up in the time of sabrina the teenage witch i also loved sabrina the teenage witch but yeah yeah that was my era yeah you were over it you were on to like mtv then well how yeah maybe i don't know i think i was in my 20s oh yeah so you definitely would not just have been casually watching wizards no place no maybe (laughs) with my stepdaughter yeah um yeah okay so waverly Hills sanatorium so um Here we go. In Kentucky lies what is said to be one of the most haunted places in the United States. If you were to visit, you'd be greeted with a larger-than-life building that sits in what looks like a crescent-shaped building. This location is at the top of the bucket list for many paranormal gurus and ghost hunters, so it's a blessing to know that you can visit this place and be a guest on one of the most interesting ghost tours around. If you're interested and ready to book a trip, you would be heading to the Waverly Hill Sanatorium. So let's talk about the birth of this building. 
before it was tainted with the dark history around it that it's known for today, Major Thomas H. Hayes purchased the land in what is known today as Waverly Hill in 1883. And that's where he put the Hayes family home. Uh, Due to the location, the new home was pretty distant from any existing schools in the area. So he decided to open up a local school for his daughters to attend. I think he had two of them. He started a one-room schoolhouse and hired a lady by the name of Lizzie Lee Harris as the school teacher. Lizzie had a love for the Walter Scott's Waverly novels, so they in turn named the school Waverly School. Uh, Thomas loved the quaint sound of the name Waverly, and because his home was located on a windswept hill, he decided to name the land Waverly Hill. So that's where the name came from. Yep. So at the turn of the century, he didn't own the land anymore, and it's no secret that tuberculosis became an epidemic. Uh, TB was, uh, do you know what TB is? I mean, I know tuberculosis, but I don't know what it actually is. So it was spread through the air. I'm going to tell you this and you're going to be like, sounds familiar. It was spread (laughs) through the air through coughing or sneezing of someone that was infected. You could survive it, but the survival rate was pretty low at the time. COVID. Yeah. yeah. So tidbit of info on uh, Louisville, Kentucky at the time, they had one of the highest death rates of TB in the entire nation at the turn of the century. Uh, due to the amount of people that were infected in the area, the Board of Tuberculosis purchased the property on Waverly Hill, and this was the first sanatorium. So this was really done in an effort to quarantine all those infected into one place and stop the spreading, but also to treat those who were infected and hopefully give them a surviving chance. When the original sanatorium first opened, it was a wooden two-story hospital with 40 beds. Waverly, the first sanatorium, sat in a swampy area along the Ohio River. So the TB bacteria spread much faster in this area because of the swamp area, uh, damp, moist atmosphere. It causes bacteria to multiply. So as TB entered into the epidemic phase, clinics began to pop up all over the U.S. However, they were typically located in high elevation areas that allowed fresh air and sunshine to stream in. So in 1912, the city transferred all of the uh, current patients to at Waverly to tents while they awaited the completion of an expansion of the newer hospital, uh, which was built furtherly up furtherly wow further <laughs> up the top of Waverly Hill. The expansion and new building was built to accommodate additional space for more patients. It also. It also had a death chute, which was in, <laughs> yeah, I say chute, but I don't mean like laundry chute, like they were oh, opening it and ima- just throwing oh, people down. Oh, that's what I was imagining. No, like, it's not like Sweeney Todd. Down the yeah, it wasn't, or t- yeah, Sweeney Todd, Todd Sweeney. Know. It wasn't like that. Oh, okay. Did okay. you ever watch that? Yes, I've watched Sweeney Todd. Yeah, so it's not remember. like you stepped on a foot pedal and you just like, it went the body. Yeah, no. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> it wasn't like that. Um, <laughs> sorry, that just created a. rather crazy yeah anyways so the death chute was installed and it was installed to allow staff to transport the dead underground rather than wheeling them through the halls of the hospital oh so like through tunnels yes so it's a tunnel yeah exactly yeah so they were firm believers that mental health at the time was just as important as your physical health so we don't want people to know how many people are dying we want to give them hope 
Oh, right. okay. Yeah, false hope yeah. of that. Um, they also had a children's wing to allow a place for children to stay in situations where maybe their parents were infected or if they were, and um, they could stay in the hospital. So the idea behind the children's wing, great idea. Right. Unfortunately, more children fell ill due to being around others infected. So in the end, it was not an ideal living situation for healthy kids. Not good. Yeah. Now, the new structure, or the structure that you would visit today, opened in 1926, and at the time was considered the most advanced tuberculosis sanatorium in the country. But even then, most of the patients ended up passing. This structure was a five-story addition that housed up to 400 sick people. Wow. Mm -hmm. At its height of the epidemic, there wasn't any medicine available to treat the disease. In fact, a lot of what was recommended at the time was, like I said before, fresh air, sunshine, and nutritious foods. At the end of the day, the sanatorium was really to help quarantine those sick from the healthy and to slow or stop the spread of the disease, much like what we saw with COVID. This resulted in the division of families, parents from children, and there was also little to no contact with loved ones once they were forced into the sanatorium. I also feel like, though, with COVID uh, and probably this, whenever you don't have contact with your family, that you... Oh, your mental health your declines. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think that's what really, like, mm -hmm. resulted in a lot of deaths, especially in like nursing homes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Can believe that 100%. Uh, some of the treatments for TB were not as friendly as those mentioned before, and a lot were conducted as experiments because it's the 1920s of it. Our we're still medical, stuff. yeah, unfortunate. But um, I would say that the COVID vaccine was an experiment too. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Putting I don't know because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, some of these. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, some of the treatments for. TB weren't as friendly, and a lot were experiments. I just said that. Some of these were pretty gruesome by today's standards, but one thing to note, some common practices of today did come out of these experiments, unfortunately. It's oh. unfortunate, however, that people had to be the guinea pigs for this. So one of them was some of these experiments included patients having their lungs exposed to ultraviolet light to stop to try and stop the spread of the bacteria. So this was done in sunrooms or on the roof or in front of large windows. Um, this was often also coupled with fresh air. So many of the older photographs that you look at show patients sitting in front of large open windows or even outside taking in fresh air, some of which are in chairs and covered in snow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because cold air is good for your lungs. Right. You know, like when a kid gets a really bad, like the croup, they say open up the fridge and stand in front of the fridge so they can breathe in that cold air. Cold air. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they would also implant balloons into the lungs, expanding them by filling them with air, which I feel like we probably do that today to a degree. Probably, but that's scary thinking. In the 1920s, 1920s of it. Yeah. Uh, the final ditch effort that they would do was they would remove muscle and ribs to allow the lungs to exp expand further and further, allowing more oxygen into the patient's lungs. So obviously that's not a good, that's not a good thing. No. Uh, most of the patients did not survive the latter of the two operations oh usually. Oh gosh. Well, yeah. Yeah. The amount of patients that succumb to the disease while at Waverly Hills is still debatable today. At the height of its epidemic, it was reported that one patient per hour died. 
Whoa. Yeah. Uh, many suggest that tens of thousands died. However, one of the former assistant medical directors stated that the highest number of passing in a year's time was 152. But it has been like estimated. 152 people? In or? a year. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But it has been estimated by pulling death certificates that approximately 6,000 patients passed dating back to the original records from 1911. Wow. Either way, both sums is a vast amount of patients to pass in one single hospital. That's Absolutely. a lot. By the 1930s to 1940s, TB had begun to, begun to decline due to the creation of streptomycin. But there was a small jump during World War II in soldiers, to which they were then housed at Waverly Hills. Many of these soldiers, once in the walls of Waverly, su- survived a mere week before they passed. Um, so they were, it was too far, too far gone. Dang. This just seems like it's a place where you go to die, honestly. Mm-hmm. Patients yeah. that died while in the hospital were transported down what's known as the body chute. So the body chute, it's an enclosed tunnel that ran under the premises to a set of railroad tracks at the bottom of the hill. Bodies were lowered into the tunnel and then held for the train in secret so that patients could not see or know the number of patients that were dying. I mean, I probably also would not want to know the amount of people that are dying in whatever facility that I'm in. Correct. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Morbid. Morbid. It's given. What's that word I'm looking for? I don't know. I don't know. It'll come to you, though. Yeah. Uh, Waverly Hills closed in 1961, but was then purchased a year later as a geriatric sanitarium. So old people. Yep. Rumor mill had it that many of the elderly in this facility were mistreated. Some of these rumors were proven to be true, while others were that just rumors. One of the most common treatments of the time was electroshock therapy, which in the 60s was a huge yeah, that was common really big. treatment at a lot of sanitariums. Uh, budget cuts in the 60s and 70s led to even more medical mistreatment and horrible building conditions, resulting in the closing of the building in 1982. The building and the land was auctioned off a few times until it was finally purchased by a developer who had plans to turn it into a minimum security prison. Yeah. You know how we feel about that. Right. Plans of the prison were dropped when locals protested and the idea of turning the building into apartments was then brought forth. Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe. I mean, if you want the, yeah, unless you didn't have like a friendly ghost, it wouldn't be like Casper, the friendly ghost for sure. I'd still give it a shot. Yeah, you would. Yeah, I would. (laughs) And then you would be like, why are you calling me at midnight crying? I don't know. Yeah, because wasn't there one day that you called me crying because you thought somebody was in your house? It was like last year when we were having all of those weird things happen. Yes. And I came home and I could hear somebody upstairs walking. Yeah. But nobody was here. Yes, because you were freaked out. Yeah, because if somebody had broken to my house, I wanted somebody to know that I was going to die because I can't run. Yeah, that's usually um, her go-to call whenever she... You also had something else that you called me not too long ago. I you thought were... that I... Oh, you because you <laughs> ate a talkie and you were paranoid that there was fentanyl in it. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, <laughs> the bag of talkies was open. Like from and the I did... store. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't know it until I got home. <laughs> and then... <laughs> All I could envision was I have a bathtub of water running and I just thought 
this is the way you're going out. Absolutely. <laughs> you just handled a bag of Takis that somebody threw fentanyl in, and you got to die <laughs> in that bathtub. <laughs> and so I thought, if anybody's going to know, I'm going to call Lauren. And she's going to be in that Please bag make of sure. Takis from Aldi. <laughs> yeah. That's what did it. Because you also licked your fingers. Yeah. And so I like <laughs> freaked out and went to the sink. It was like spitting, rinsing out with water. You were like, if it was, you you would feel it by now. I'm like, I'm, you never know. You never know. You never know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyways. Okay. So back to the apartments. Um, the lack of financials, however, caused the idea to die about apartments. So that never that never came to fruition either. Um, in 1996, however... Uh, Robert Alberhasky purchased the land. He ran the Christ Redeemer Foundation. And his hope was to actually build the world's tallest statue of Jesus here. Hell yeah. Um, He wanted to depict the statue of Rio de Janeiro. His plans were, uh, he wanted, I'm sorry, his plans constructed the statue to be situated on the roof which was a cost of about $4 million. Whoa. The sanatorium was to be transitioned into a chapel. Um, a theater, and a gift shop for a mere $8 million. That's big money. Heck yeah. Much like the hopes of turning the building into apartments, the lack of financials resulted in the project being abandoned. So Naturally. Waverly Hills was sold to the current owners, Charlie and Tina Mattingly, in 2001. The building and property have been destroyed by time, along with vandals and squatters. Homeless... Uh, found this building as a place to stay out of the elements and local teenagers would break in in hopes of seeing ghosts. I also read that um, some satanic rituals were done there too. Sounds very familiar, honestly. Or not familiar, but that sounds very uh, highly probable. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Charlie's father had worked as an orderly at Waverly Hills for four years, so... This place had a sentimental spot in Charlie's life and his father's stories that are shared on the paranormal ghost tours that are given today. I'm sorry. And it's his father's stories. Uh, Charlie and his wife, Tina, have worked very hard at restoring the facility and all proceeds from tours and investigations do go towards the restoration of the property. So that's a little bit about the history behind Waverly. So let's talk about the ghosts. Oh, stoked. Uh, just a tad bit of education around types of hauntings and paranormal activity that I was educated by my reading. So we're going to start with Einstein's first law of thermodynamics. Mm-hmm. You ready for this? It says, energy can neither be created nor destroyed. Energy can only be transferred or changed from one form to another. And thus, that energy merely changes form. So basically, it's a scientific basis for energy of the human body lingering after its release from the physical form upon death. The spirit that remains entwined with this energy is believed to remain long after a person is gone, especially when people pass away under duress. Their energy becomes volatile in nature, accounting for the slamming of doors and the audible sounds of angry voices. That makes sense, actually. We have talked about this with... um, Are you going to say the Mother God one? Nope. No. We talked about this with hospice. Oh, yes. Hospice nurses. Yeah. Um, Seeing the release of the soul once once somebody passes. Yes. Yep. So there are different types of hauntings, and this all correlates with the type of energy that's left behind that paranormal investigators pick on pick up on 
An intelligent haunting occurs when a presence interacts with the living or shows a sense of awareness of the physical world. A residual haunting is a spiritual energy that is more like a recording imprint on the environment. So this is when you're more than likely going to pick up on sounds on recording, sounds of voices, background noise, things of that nature. You will encounter both of these types of activities in Waverly Hills. Visitors have reported slamming doors, lights in the windows as if the power was still on, and strange sounds of footsteps in empty rooms. One of the ghosts that you may encounter is a man in a white coat who's been seen walking in the kitchen, and then there's reports of the smell of fresh-cooked food accompanying, accompanying his sighting. The kitchen is much like you would envision of a dilapidated room with broken windows, fallen plaster, broken tables and chairs, water from a leaky roof. However, when walking through this area, people have said that they can smell fresh baked bread or brownies and hear the sounds of footsteps and the swinging of the kitchen door. Whenever I did a tour of the castle at uh, Springfield, Mm -hmm. there were a couple of uh, like spirits that you could smell perfume. Oh, yeah. Whenever. Have you ever had that happen? No. So I, and I don't know if this is true, but I have read that almost everybody has some sort of sense about them. Like you, you, you can either, you either feel mm-hmm. things, um, you either smell things or you hear things like there's almost everybody ha- can pick up on some sort of like energy. Somewhere. Right. Aaron can smell things. That's weird. I can feel and hear things, but Aaron can smell things. So he told me about this time while he was working in the salvage yard Mm -hmm. and he was underneath a truck, pulling something out from underneath the truck and he could smell his aunt Sue. And so he crawled out from underneath the truck and was like standing there trying to figure out why do I smell her? And the truck fell. Oh, that is so crazy. Yeah. Yep. And I have had times where I can smell my great grandma. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll be walking through the house. And I'm like, why does it smell like perfume right here? And it's not my perfume. That's unreal. And there's times where I can I can definitely feel something. Something's yeah. off or something's in the room. Um, and sometimes I feel like I hear things. And my dreams, you know yeah, about my dreams. Yeah, your dreams are wild. Yeah. So, um, so you have that that gentleman. But also at the main entrance of the building, many encounter an older woman who's bleeding from the wrists with her ankles chained and she's crying out for help. That's awful. Yep. There's reports of children running up and down the hallways and one little boy that's been named Timmy. So Timmy was a former resident of Waverly Hills and has been said to have passed around the age of seven. He's often seen sitting on the floor playing with a leather ball. Many visitors bring him toys to play with and have often seen the toys moving on their own. In addition to many patients passing within the walls, there's also reports of which at least two of the nurses of Waverly committed suicide on the prem- on the premises. Oh my gosh. Stories say in 1928, head nurse Mary Hillenberg allegedly hung herself in the room of 502 on the fifth floor after becoming pregnant out of wedlock. Her depression led her to hang herself from the light fixture in the room. She was 29 years old at the time of her death. No one knows how long she may have been hanging there before she was found. In 1932, one of the nurses leapt several stories from the balcony of the same room, room 502, to her death. Nothing is known as to why she leapt, but rumors over the years have been that she was pushed. 
Oh my gosh. In 2009, a gentleman of the Missouri Paranormal Research visited Waverly and it's on the fifth floor in the doorframe of room 502 that he snapped a picture and you can clearly see the image of a young woman standing in the door. Some think that this woman is Mary Hillenburg, while others think it's Mary Lee. Uh, Mary Lee, so Mary Hillenburg was the woman that hung herself. Mary Lee was a young woman and a daughter of a Waverly physician who contracted TB from prolonged exposure to patients while visiting her father and passed shortly thereafter. Wow, that's terrible. Yep. A lot of the investigators report that the fourth floor of the building is often the most active. However, I'm pretty certain that the floor is closed off to the public now due to the, the state of the floors. They're... Uh, like dilapidated. Yep, they're yeah. falling through the floor and stuff. Um, those that are lucky enough to experience the fourth floor have had encounters where they've spent time rolling a ball down the hallway for something to roll it back to them. That is so wild. It kind of creeps Can you imagine? You watched Crimson Peak. Did you see that ball come out of nowhere? Yeah, that's wild. Yep. Um, one One investigator gave an account of this taking place for a solid 10 minutes before they moved on to another room where she speaks of a large shadow of large shadow figures that seem to be looking over them and then something trying to pull her k2 meter into the room no way yeah um (laughs) i would freak out yeah i would be like see ya i don't know what i would do actually i would be terrified hyperventilate and pee myself maybe probably i don't really know um Many would think that the most haunted place of this building would be the body chute, but you're wrong. The body chute is a 490-foot tunnel. Golly. It's long. That is. That lies under the building, and as mentioned previously, this is where the corpses would be lowered and moved out of the building without the rest of the residents knowing. It connects to the railway to allow for disposal. Um, Many investigators say that the tunnel isn't anything but creepy due to the atmosphere. Right. It's dark, damp. (laughs) And houses spiders that are said to be the size of basketballs, in which I would be nope the fuck out. Yeah. Hell no. Mm -hmm. No, no. Um, It's practically impossible to get an EVP reading down there due to the amount of echo in the tunnel. There is a mist that appears in the tunnel, but it's due to the steady decline of the tunnel that goes down the hill. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. It does link up to the basement where the morgue is located, and many have reported hearing a disembodied voice of a woman in the morgue. She's been reported to be humming, and then the noise gradually disappears. Each, or I'm sorry, every inch of this place seems to show signs of energy from the other side, so we can't forget the rooftop. The, uh, there have been reports of sounds of small children singing Ring Around the Rosie from the rooftop. Nope. <laughs> there is nothing creepier than little kids. Like, I'm just imagining little kid, like, spirits just singing nursery rhymes. That's how I feel yeah. about tiptoe through uh, the window. Yes, it's almost the same exact vibe. To except... the window. To the wall. <laughs> well. Uh, during your visit, it's possible to stay in the water pump house that's been completely restored. So the water pump house is not, it's it's still on the property, but it's quite a bit away from the building. And you can stay the night in it. Um, the owner, Tina, likes to share her stories on what she experienced in that small house while they were working on the building and attempts to restore. There are 12 bunk beds in the water pump house that have all been built out of wood that's been taken from trees on the land. There's also two mass graves on the property mm. from the days of TB. 
And it's said that the lumber that those beds are made from came from an area close to the mass graves. Tina won't disclose the location to anybody, though. I was going to say, I feel like that house is just bad juju written all over it. Mm-hmm. The book, The Haunting, the History and Hauntings of Waverly Sanatorium, which is where I got a lot of this information from, recalls accounts in which visitors share their experiences during their time at Waverly. Reading through these are many situations where people have gone in as skeptics, but keep an open mind and leave as believers of the afterlife. One man shared his experience of seeing the image of a woman in a dress standing in front of a window. And once his wife snapped a picture, it did in fact show the image of a woman in a dress. They encountered children on the fifth floor where when rolling a ball around, the ball stopped directly in front of his wife and took a hard left towards towards the wall where it bounced off the wall. He reported seeing shadowy figures going from rooms to the nurse's station and while checking it out, entered the room to feel a form of electricity in the air and instant chills to his body. His wife reported feeling sick and feelings of despair. The Waverly Sanatorium is a place in which all paranormal investigators should visit at least once in their life. It contains a lot of sad history that will stick with the state of Kentucky forever. And it's not your average Halloween spooky tour. The facility deserves respect as it is old and many people did pass while in the building. A great battle was fought and won in this building. So take your time, arrive with an open mind and be respectful. Waverly at its peak was a thing of its time. It was never a bad place, just a place in which a lot of unfortunate souls appear to be stuck in. Remember, there's a lot of people that had family here. Many families were here together and many forced apart. So if you're looking to stay in the water pump house, it's 300 a night. And historical tours and paranormal tours are given with a $20 donation. Wow. Yeah. Do you want to see this picture? Yeah, I would love to see what it looks like. Okay. I'm just imagining somewhere. It's fucking it's creepy. creepy looking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, I, I made Aaron look at it and I was like, do you see this? Uh, I feel like this is definitely a place I will not be visiting. Really? I'll go. I don't. No, well, I mean, I probably will never venture to Kentucky at any point in my life, I feel like, so. You go through Kentucky, though, when when we go to Tennessee for work. Oh, do we? Yeah. I don't think I even realized that. It's like a mere, you know. Is it on the way? Yeah, it's just a few minutes. You're in it, like 30 minutes, maybe. No, but, like, is it on the way? Like, Oh, Waverly? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, let me find this picture. I should have had it pulled up for you. It's It's on my tablet upstairs. I think I'm going to have to pull it. I'm going to have to show you on my tablet. Okay. Oh, it's right here. Tell me that is not the creepiest looking thing. Yeah, no thanks. I'm good. She's like standing right there. Yeah, I know. And she's just looking at you. Mm -mm. I don't want to know that. Like, they're a ghost staring at me. Like, I would... Look. cool. Yeah, no. She's legit. It's like That's the picture... of a bad dream. It's like... Oh, my dreams are far worse than that. <laughs> they are... They are scary, Gary. Uh, um, I, uh... Have you ever seen the picture of the... It reminds me of the Louisiana plantation. Yes. With the slave. Yeah. Yeah. This one's worse, though, I think. Yeah. Ooh. It's very creepy. this would have been a good halloween episode yeah shoulda woulda coulda it's fine though it's it's spooky every day it's spooky yuki booby (laughs) (laughs) um definitely 
messed the, ate up. Ate, ate the up. fuck I knew you were going to ate say up. that. Ate the fuck up? Yeah. Cool. I just know? knew. Yeah. It's because yeah. you know me. I do. Seth tells me all the time that he, like last night I was on the phone and I was talking about something and I said something and uh, he was like, I know exactly what you're going to say right now. And I was like, what am I going to say? And he was like, you're going to say, love that for me. And I was like, you're not wrong. <laughs> but that's annoying that. I love when you can finish each other's sentences, though, because sometimes that happens with Aaron and I. And I'm, I'll, he'll say something and then I'll finish a sentence. And he's like, stop it. Yeah. Like, are you in my brain right now? Yes. Unfortunately, I am. No, I'm not in his brain. <laughs> you wish. It, it might be kind of scary in there. Who uh, knows? It could be. Okay. Well, that wraps up today's episode. You can find us on Spotify, YouTube, Amazon Music, and Patreon. Don't forget to subscribe. Leave a five-star review. Give us a thumbs up on YouTube and hit that notification bell so you can get an alert every time an episode drops. That was really good. I know. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next week. But in the meantime, stay strange, my friends.